0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning, getting ready to Get your week started here. It is June the 20th, 2022, 7:03 on your Tucson Monday and you're listening here on 1490 AM 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Glad to be back with you here after <sighs> another week where I like, the, the best way that I can I can describe it. And and I I like this is literally the best way that I can describe it. It feels like I was being like I don't know if it's allergies or if it's vocal fatigue or if I've got, you know, nodes or polyps or something. I don't know. As much as I talk, I wouldn't be surprised. But it feels like like I'm being force-choked by Darth Vader. Like, you know, he, you know, he, he, puts, his, you know, he puts his thumb and his two fingers out there and he just kind of like, you know, like, exactly like he's got you by the throat or whatever. It literally feels like I've got two, like a very strong grip just kind of like grabbing like right around where your Adam's apple is and just like a little bit deeper than and just kind of pressing the entire time. And it's like you just feel like you're choking all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I went to the doctor, I'm like I'm like, is it swollen? Like, or no. well, I mean you know tonsils are swollen, but uh that's pretty common for me. But yeah, it's uh, everything everything seems fine. I'm like can you put a camera down in there or something and take a look? And my doctor's like, I don't do that. I'm like you need Specialist for that. I'm like, okay, well, that sounds expensive, so I'm going to just pass on that. I make radio money; I can't be affording ear, nose, and throat, you know, fiber optic camera procedures. <laughs> so we're going to deal with it. We're going to figure it out. Um, I may have to take a, a little a little pause in the middle of uh, some of my sentences today to cough or clear or whatever. But uh, glad to be back with you here. Feeling better today. Uh, last Friday was awful. Like Friday was like the worst day ever. Uh, for that so hoping that this week is going to be better keeping my fingers crossed uh but thank you for tuning in here we do have uh, a lot to get into today in the world of sports as uh we kind of look back on the nba season as the warriors have claimed their championship their fourth championship in eight years for you know for some of the players it is their fourth ring uh for other people in the organization it's their ninth um or you know or 11th or you know <laughs> there's a lot more rings going around there for some of those guys but uh for the you know for the core for Steph for Clay for Draymond for Andre Iguodala, uh this is their fourth ring as players together and you know immediately the question is arisen you know what are their chances next year I mean they're already the favorites next year uh, I don't know I don't know you know, Vegas doing their thing, and they're like, oh, these two teams are going to meet again in the in the finals according to our, uh, you know, according to the odds that we're going to put out there. I just – I don't see – I mean, could I see Boston getting back there? Sure. I, yeah. Depending on what happens this off season, and the Eastern Conference is going to be very fluid this year. There's going to be a lot of movement, of, of player movement, in the Eastern Conference this year. It's it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, there are some teams that have kind of been biding their time at the bottom and are looking to make some moves, and there's some interesting teams. We'll talk about one of those teams today uh, when we get into more some more NBA stuff. But uh, personally, and, and I'll just I'll just put it out there right now, I'm not sure if the Warriors are capable of winning another championship. It's just the way the way the team is constructed right now, they paid you know combined salary with luxury tax this year they paid 350 million dollars in player salaries and that that's that's 200 million in salary and 150 million in tax 150 million dollars in in luxury tax now if they want to resign at least one and probably both of two of the players who were you know big pieces of the puzzle this year that being uh, Jordan Poole, huge, huge uh, player for them this year. And GP2, Gary Payton, they're going to be paying, after if, if they do pay them and pay the luxury tax, the next two years is going to be $400 million in player salary plus luxury tax. I just don't know if that's sustainable. $400 million? I mean, I understand that they're a very popular franchise, that they play in a building that fills you 20,000, know, 20,500 20, seats uh, 41 times a year, and then you, add, you know, throw in the playoffs, and obviously it gets ramped up even more. But you're not making that much money, are they, to pay $400 million in salary and taxes? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's – it's certainly not sustainable – and I don't know if they're going to be willing to, if the owner uh, is going to be willing to pay that kind of money for the next two seasons. You know, in a uh, you know, you got aging superstars, and who knows? You know, I mean, obviously, Andres, you know, Iguodala is going to be gone. He's going to go into the coaching ranks immediately, and rightfully so. He's he's been he's been getting groomed by Steve Kerr for years to be a an NBA head coach and i, I he's going to be on the fast track. As soon as he retires, he's going to get a job as an assistant and my bet is that he'll be a head coach within 3 years. He'll he'll be a head coach somewhere in the NBA within 3 years and uh, you know he's been you know in large part kind of an assistant coach on that team for the last 3 years anyways. The way that his role has kind of been defined by Steve Curry, he's really been doing a lot of the things that a coach would as opposed to what a player would now they can't name him a coach because you can't have player coaches in the NBA. That's that's uh, that's illegal, uh, according to their rules. But I mean, you still be a player and still be involved in the coaching aspect of the whole thing uh, without being labeled as a coach. You know, doing all those things behind the scenes, to, you know, technically and uh, you know, unbeknownst to anyone else. So, uh, I you know I just don't know. I don't I I, I think it's. People are like, oh, how many, how many more championships are the Golden State Warriors going to win? That's already the talk, you know, today, uh, and it has been over the weekend. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I honestly think that the Warriors would be fortunate to get one more to cash in, one more championship in the next three years before Steph and Clay ride off into the sunset, uh, and Steve Kerr finally decides to hang it up with all of his health problems that he's got going on. So. People are excited. I get it, and they should be excited. It was a it was a fun run this year, and uh, the Warriors were the most deserving team. I, I felt like just from from top to bottom, when it all came down to it, they uh yeah, they were they proved it. they were the best team in the NBA this year, and my uh, my hats off to them. But mm, I, I, I wouldn't get too excited about this being another dynastic run. I mean. This is people are like oh they were a dynasty and now they're going to try to I mean what, we do we just forget the last couple of years in the NBA although in, in sports in the world for that matter do we just do we no, not forget but do we forgive uh, you know some of the some of the things that occurred or just kind of write them off as anomalistic type of, of scenarios with the COVID outbreaks and the shortened seasons and playing in a bubble and all that kind of stuff I mean. I wouldn't. I, I from day one. I mean, I, when we were talking about this this season and you know, the opportunity for the, the Warriors to win the championship, I never once, like in my in my in my head, thought that it was going to be a re dynastic, you know, a restart to a, a, a dynasty for the for the Warriors. I just I never felt that. I I always felt like they're still the same dynasty that won those championships that has been to the playoffs. Uh, you know, eight consecutive years that has been to the NBA Finals five of the last eight seasons. Like, I, I mean, that's I, – I don't know how th- – there are people that are out there, you know, talking heads, you know, radio personalities, TV personalities, whatever, that are like, oh, they, they've, you know, reinvigorated the dynasty. I'm like, I don't think it ever really went away just because they didn't win a championship for, you know, a couple of years. What was it, 2018 was the last championship they won. Then 2019 happened, of course. Um you know, didn't didn't win that one, but then COVID, and then Clay goes down, and they're trying to scramble to try to you know put things to back together. Some other things happened there. Steve Kerr was out for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I don't I don't see how there was a break in the dynasty. So it continues on, in my opinion. I don't think there's anything different about you know what they've been doing. So uh, we'll see. We'll talk about we'll talk more about the Warriors uh, coming up uh, later in the show. I have I have some. Some some things that I want to talk about uh, in in you know, regards to you know what are they going to do next? Also, what's next in the NBA? What's you know it's, it's the, officially the NBA off season, and the NBA doesn't sleep for very long, as the uh, NBA draft is this Thursday. They just crowned a champion, and then uh, the draft is on Thursday, and then you know summer camp starts, uh, the summer league starts, and then preseason begins again in October. So it doesn't sleep for long. And there's plenty of stuff going on. And there's going to be all kind. like I said, there's going to be all kinds of movement in the Eastern Conference. Pardon me. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of movement in the Eastern Conference. And in the West, there are a few teams that have got to figure out what the hell they're doing. Two teams here specifically, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about that coming up uh, a little bit later on in the show as uh, we get into some NBA talk. We'll talk some NFL today. Of course, that is my promise to you—to talk NFL every single day here. I have an interesting. Uh, there was there was something said. Bart Scott of ESPN Radio um, said, "I don't know when. He, I think he said it uh, over the weekend or something." Uh, that that Peyton Manning was actually the better quarterback between the Manning and Brady comparison. He said that defensive players. Um, hated playing against Peyton Manning more than they hated playing against Tom Brady. He said, actually, he said, quote, he says, I'd much rather go against Tom Brady every day of the week than go up against Peyton Manning. And he says, that's how everybody feels. Pretty strong words, pretty interesting words there. And and to be honest, a conversation that I've had with other players, former players in the NFL, and we'll talk about that um, along with some other things going on in NFL news and notes, also have some. Arizona uh, football news, uh, Arizona basketball news, a little bit of Arizona basketball news. Not much to report. Just kind of like, basically, in, in Tommy, you know, Tommy Lloyd said it himself when he talked with uh, when he talked with Bruce Pasco. Um, he said, you know, I, I, it's time to breathe now. I can I can breathe a little bit after he was at the uh, the huge basketball summit uh, over the weekend up here in Glendale at State Farm Stadium. Uh, the last several days now it's time for him to be able to breathe a little bit and uh, prepare and get ready for this upcoming season which will be a challenge for him you know he's got a lot of new pieces having having to replace four big parts of the team with obviously the exit of the three players that are going to be having their names called on Thursday night and with the loss of Justin Kyre which was a bigger loss in my opinion than a lot of people are giving credit for um you know, or, or you know, I, I shouldn't say maybe not taken for granted, but I, I don't think people are are really accounting for what he did for this team as much as as much as I think they should. To be honest with you, um, so we will uh, we will talk some Arizona basketball, and we'll talk about some Arizona football as Jed Fish just continues to just absolutely crush it. I, 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 like, I, I mean, I was sitting there last week and all this news coming in, and they signed like their nineteenth running back <laughs> to the to the roster. All of them are ridiculously capable of being a number one uh, running back at just about every single power five school in the country. outside of a of a select few, the guys that Arizona has in their backfield, uh, they they all could be running you know r b one, r b two, on power five on a power five school and it, anywhere in the Pac twelve anywhere in the Pac twelve, it is a remarkable stable of running backs that the Wildcats have now, uh, that they're going to have and more coming in. They're starting to, <coughs> they're starting to uh, beef up a little bit on the offensive and the defensive lines. We'll talk about that because there is a recruit who tweeted out something yesterday, uh, a big time, big, uh, huge five star recruit uh that tweeted out something yesterday and he has his final five in place for uh, for his upcoming deci- decision he's going to be a senior at St. John's Bosco and he has uh, he has unveiled his top 5 he did it uh, last last night on uh, on Twitter and Instagram and uh well Arizona's one of the five I'll just put it that way Arizona's one of the five and seeing that block A amongst the other logos that are on his, uh, on his Instagram tweet or in his, uh, his IG poster, his tweet is you're, you're like, <laughs> remember like on, it was like Sesame street or whatever television show, you know, has been going on forever children's show. And they'd play that game. Like one of these things is not like the others, you know, and they'd have like, they'd have an orange and they'd have an apple and they'd have a banana and then they'd have like a car. And they're like, one of these things. They sing the little song. One of these things is not like the others. And you're like, hmm. You know, and, and you, you know, you have to think about. it. You're like, ah, I don't know. I don't, you, you kind of hem and haw over these things as a kid sometimes. And there are other times where you're like, damn, that thing sticks out like a sore thumb. That's kind of how I felt when I saw this kid's tweet yesterday. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Can, did somebody, did somebody pinch me here? Am I, am I dreaming? and again you know i'm 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 getting very excited about a, you know, a situation where a high school you know a sixteen or seventeen year old kid has tweeted out something like "Here's my final five, and you, you know you never know what's gonna happen with these things and hell I mean even when they make verbal commitments, you still never know what's gonna happen with these things you hope you pray, you keep your fingers crossed, whatever you know depending on your your level of fandom but uh seeing that, I was like. Yeah, it immediately took me out. Like one of these things is not like the other, and like this is one of the more obvious ones. But you, you've seen Arizona in some of these, like like we we you know we track them, you watch them, you see them on Twitter, you see them on Instagram, whatever. You, you 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 follow your favorite wildcat recruiting specialist on Twitter, and they'll retweet the you know what the kid had posted, and you're like, oh look, Arizona's in there amongst you know UCLA and Colorado and Oklahoma State and BYU. Wow, those are. Those are some really good football programs with rich history and great recruiting practices, and you're like, wow, it's it's nice to be in the mix, you know, amongst these teams. You know, you know there's always that, that one team, like Colorado, gets thrown in there, or you know, you'll see one like where a home a hometown kid will put UNLV on his list, or you know, something like that. You're like, oh, I don't belong there. He ain't going there. Seeing Arizona on this list, <laughs> it's like, nah, come on, this this is this can't be right but they continue to just absolutely knock it out of the park and uh <laughs> it's it's impressive man it is i tell you it's fun i'm like it's it, i'm like i'm i'm giddy like a like a kid in a candy shop you just you just watch this kind of stuff happen and you know and with with recent commitments Arizona's in in, in the uh, in the rivals ranking their ranking has gone up to number 18 in the country second only to USC in the conference and Lincoln Riley has been killing the game out there I mean he is he is taking recruits from anywhere he wants right now he's killing it Arizona's second only to that dude right now in uh, in the rivals rankings and it's just it's fun when you kind of look back it's it's like you know when you, when you when you climb when you make a climb you go hiking or whatever if you if you climb a new mountain for the first time not that I've done any of this in the last 10 years. <laughs> but uh, you climb a mountain for the first time, and it, it you know it took a lot of work to get there, and you're seeing new things, and you kind of look around you. You're just, you just you're not looking behind you, but you're looking ahead. You're kind of just looking around, and you're like, oh, this is you know the the topography has changed here, and you know whatever, and, and the the flora and the the fauna have changed here, and oh look these you know this cactus I haven't seen this cactus type before. Well, oh look how the flowers bloom up here, and you know, oh it's like the air is much clearer up here, and then you look back. And you're like, man, that's where I came from. That was that was rough down there. Like that, that down there was dirty. That was rough. And I got sick and tired of seeing that, to be honest with you. Because like, I've spent the last, you know, however many years living in that environment. And then it took me a long time to be able to progress to get to this height on the mountain. I'm sick of living back there. And it's nice to look back and see where I came from and now how much I'm enjoying where I'm at. That's kind of how I feel about Arizona's recruiting and how Arizona football is moving in that direction right now. Except that climb has happened really, really quickly. Right, like it happened fast. Like we just kind of like ran up the mountain, <laughs> like get ziplined up the mountain if that's even possible. You know, some you got you know, some whisked away up the, up the mountain. Somebody yanked you up to the top because where Arizona was two years ago is like it it is night and day difference between where they are and where they're looking to in the near future. And they've only played essentially one season worth of games in that amount of time, which is even more remarkable to think about. I mean, and and in that season they were one on 11 and won a game that was one of the most bizarre scenarios in recent college football history with both teams having incredibly large amounts of you know covid outbreaks and with cal and their restrictions and things like that and players and coaches unable to travel and they showed up like basically on one on one bus the entire team <laughs> that's, all, that's all it took to fit everybody on that team that day uh into the stadium but you know to to see where you came from and and just how quickly it's gotten there I I just can't uh, I can't say enough about the job that they've done. It's been tireless work by those guys, and they've lost coaches along the way. You know, obviously, with Don Brown taking the job at UMass and everything, I mean they've they've had to do other things other than just you know nose to the grindstone and recruiting. They're trying to do a lot of other things as well, and juggle everything else that's been going on in the world. So we'll talk about that coming up in uh, in a little bit later in the show as well. When we return. We'll talk about some uh, some NBA news. NBA offseason upcoming obviously it's, it's it's you know it's here and it's now. The Warriors are the NBA champs. We'll take a little bit look of a look back there as uh, some of them felt apparently disrespected and are now being petty. And and that is their words, not mine, being petty about uh, about their championship and about rubbing it in people's faces. And also what's next this offseason. I have a list of things with including starting with the NBA draft, to what the Lakers are going to be doing, to what the Phoenix Suns are supposed to be doing with DeAndre Ayton, and a whole lot of other things. So stick around. we got a lot to do here on the Jeff Dean Show right here on this Monday on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Did Steph Curry make a lot of enemies? And I don't mean just around, you know, in the NBA. The the players respect Steph, and they get it. And if, if they were able to cook like he does and able to win championships, four championships in seven seasons... I'm sure that they would chirp too. But with all of Steph's antics and his, I mean, honestly, it's his pettiness, really. I mean, it, it's its nothing short of pettiness. And even he admits it. He says, I'm the petty king. And he uses all of that as fuel and as entertainment. You know, Steph likes to, l- likes to entertain. I mean, he understands that this is the entertainment business. I mean, people you know i mean obviously there's the you know the betting angle and stuff and people some people are professional sports gamblers and they use this as you know basically their income and such but for most people they consume sports as an entertainment you know venue they uh, their entertainment dollars go to buying tickets to the games and you know jerseys and you know, memorabilia and things like that now steph curry understands that And he basically said, he goes, the more you're on this stage, the more you realize the attention that's on you, how much it means to each fan base, how much it means to the cities. So you can't really be surprised by anything because there's a lot at stake for winning championships. Now, Steph, who during the finals, and then especially afterwards, once they cashed it in, started really kind of going after anything that was said about him or his team, during this finals run and/or during the season, there were uh, analysts on ESPN, Dominique Foxworth, who's he's a football player. I, I mean, I understand what anybody should care about what his uh, NBA predictions are, and Kendrick Perkins, of course, for, former longtime NBA uh, starter. They both basically said that that uh, you know Steph was not going to win any more championships. They held up, like, the the zero sign with their hands, basically, on an ESPN show. And Steph, during the post-game press conference, put the zero sign up to his eye, basically like, I can see you, can you see me? Using that as, you know, just a little bit of, of petty, you know, repartee with those two. He had shirts printed up that said Aisha Curry can't cook, his wife, after a... Uh, uh, what was it? A, a, was it a, a Boston restaurant? It's something like that during the series. Basically, said that she wasn't a good chef. <laughs> Which I mean, whatever. Who cares about all this kind of stuff? Uh, he said after the game, during his post game, you know, one of his post game interviews called out uh, Brian Windhorse. And Brian Windhorse has been covering the NBA for ESPN for a long time. He was a guy that was kind of in with LeBron James's people. And he was able to, you know, LeBron was able to filter a lot of information through the guy, and that's how he got famous. Um, <clears throat> and he called out Brian Windhorst over a, a comment that he had made on an ESPN show when he said that basically, like, that the, the Warriors are winning with their checkbook, not with players, to the, to, you know, to that effect. And even though Windhorst says, "I didn't mean it like that," that's how it was taken, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you mean it, right? I mean, it's. It, it, it's how it's perceived by the target. So, the Warriors, Steph Curry, and the Warriors were the target of his. That was a checkbook victory for the Warriors. Like you have to, you you have to play against their checkbook. Basically, saying you know three hundred fifty million dollars in player salaries, you're you're fighting an uphill battle. Like you can't you can't compete with that. <laughs> so look, it's it's not he's not wrong. So I get it. Uh, you know, I don't think he was he was incorrect for saying that. Now, I mean, it does kind of take away a little bit, I suppose, from the players because the players have earned those those checkbooks and you know those those checks. So, uh, you know, I think you kind of have to put that a little a little bit into perspective. There's probably a, a better way of saying that than it was a checkbook win for the Warriors. <laughs> It's it, it you know basically like well they have the money to pay more players more money so they're going to be better than you are, okay well, it, you know it happens all the time in sports you know read the paper. So I thought it was interesting that that Steph Curry started just going full tilt on the uh, on the pettiness and then of course his teammates started joining in and Draymond and you know no surprise there Dre you know started to dogpile and and all that kind of stuff like like you know you would expect. So what's next for the NBA this offseason? Well, the NBA draft is this Thursday. One of the Arizona Wildcats players in the draft is climbing rapidly. We'll talk about that next on The Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean show here on ESPN Tucson talking NBA. Kind of wrapping up the season, taking a look at what's ahead in the offseason. We'll have we'll sprinkle in some news and notes. Obviously we'll have some more more things to talk about on Thursday with the mock draft and Friday after the results uh, of the uh, of the draft uh, the NBA draft are, uh, are set in stone and uh, we'll know where the uh, the Wildcats went. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh but right now it would talk a little bit about some of the bigger stories coming up in this offseason. Number 1 being I'm just going I'm going to do this now so that we can be done with it, and we can get it over with and we can move on to things that, you know, I I move on to teams that are actually going to be relevant uh, in the next couple of years. The Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Based on you know who they've got on the roster right now. It was, it was LeBron's worst season ever: thirty-three and forty-nine. There were sixteen games under five hundred. Uh, they were an embarrassment in a lot of games that they played. And I'll be honest with you: I don't even if Anthony Davis plays sixty-five games this year, if he's healthy for sixty-five games, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they make the playoffs. Still, they weren't. They weren't good. They weren't good defensively. We all knew that. Now. They're sitting in a situation right now where if Russell Westbrook opts into his deal, which he most likely will, and Kendrick Nunn opts into his deal, which he is most likely expected to do, that the Lakers will be sitting right at the luxury tax threshold. Oh, no big deal, Jeff. That's no big deal. With six players under contract. Six. (laughs) Six players under contract, and they're going to be at the luxury tax threshold, which means they got to sign six more guys. <laughs> Who are they going to sign? It'll be a bunch of. I mean, honestly, it's going to be a bunch of league minimum, uh, mid level exception guys. Woohoo! Man, can't wait to watch that Laker Laker basketball next year. They're going to lose Malik Monk because they can't pay him. He's an unrestricted free agent. There's no way they can pay him, and he was one of the best players they had this year. They are a dumpster fire. Now. Will this be lebron 's final season in l a because LeBron can opt out of his contract extension uh, after this season is over and become an unrestricted free agent in the summer of two thousand and twenty three Does he decide to do that now? Some people are saying that he you know he basically has to resign with l a because of all the other business ventures that he has there and he 's making you know millions and billions close to billions of dollars. On these business ventures in LA, so he has to resign in LA folks I'm talking to you right now via an internet line from my home in Phoenix I'm on, I'm on a radio station in Tucson talking to you from my home in Phoenix. I literally I get up, I get out of bed, I get up and I walk into my office, I sit down, I turn on the microphone and I start talking. I wish it were that easy, but there's you know two two and a half hours of prep work before I even turn that microphone on but that's, I mean that's what I do. If you think LeBron James can't run his LA businesses from Chicago or Miami or New York or wherever, you're fooling yourself. Oh, he has, to stay in, he has to stay in Los Angeles. No, he doesn't. Like we have the technology. We've we've figured that whole thing out. Okay, he can go. He can go play somewhere else. Still manage his businesses. He probably he has. He probably has a guy or like six guys or girls that handle that stuff for him. Anyways. LeBron James does not have a a degree from you know the you know from the Eller Business College. <laughs> you know he's not like he's not, not a you know not a business magnate. So he, he can do that from somewhere else. He, I, I, this notion that he's got to stay in Los Angeles because there's other business, <laughs> whatever. So he can be a unrestricted. He can become an unrestricted free agent if he wants. We're going to talk Suns here in a minute too, but I do want to get into the uh, to the mock draft because I find it interesting. Uh, if you go to ESPN today and click on Jonathan Givney's his uh, his mock draft, the latest one that he posted, I think he, I think he posted it last week, like Friday or something. the The picture on the heading of the of the article is Benedict Matherin. and it's interesting because. He even mentions Benedict in his little pre-write-up. He says, you know, goes through the whole thing, you know, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro. Then he says new names have also moved up into the lottery zone in recent days with players, including Arizona's Benedict Matherin, who's creeping near the top five. Now, in his latest mock, he has Benedict Matherin going number six overall to the Indiana Pacers. He's still got Keegan Murray of Iowa going to the Pistons, you know you're, you, and Jaden and Ivy of purdue he's electric he's he's flashy he's a you know a taller version of of John Morant he's fun, but I still think that Benedict could get into that top five i don't know if I don't know if Detroit is sold on getting themselves a, a a big because they may be in the running for another player that we'll be talking about in just a moment here's the Here's the information from Giveney on this quote. Matherin is drawing strong reviews on the private workout trail, excelling in competitive action, individual drills, and interview sessions everywhere he's visited thus far. He's an All-American who excels coming off screens and operating in the open court. He can play either wing spot and has plenty of upside to grow into at just 19 years old and would give the Pacers a strong backcourt rotation with Malcolm Brogdon, Tyrese Halliburton, and Chris Duarte. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I could definitely see that. So, Benedict Matherin moving up, he was, he was around 9 or 10, I think maybe even 11 in some. Uh, two of the other mock drafts I had have him going no later than 8 uh, to the Pelicans because they are in desperate need of shooting. Uh, if, ben, there's no way Benedict Matherin gets past the Pelicans. There's no way. They were dead last this year in three-point shooting, dead last. So they need shooters. Now, you look, you, you know, you're you wondering, okay, well, where's, where's Dale and Terry? Where's Christian Coloco? Jonathan Givney still has Dalen Terry going at 27 overall to the Miami Heat, which I think would be an amazing fit for him. Because, you know, to me, Dalen checks all the boxes for that particular organization. And I was talking with uh, a buddy of mine a couple of weeks ago. We We were specifically talking about the Miami Heat, and I said, they remind me a lot of the New England Patriots, the way that they're run, the type of organization they are, the type of coach that Eric Spolster is. He doesn't go and get what they what is considered to be the best players he goes and gets he, they have their they have an identity they know exactly who they are they have a very strict culture and a very uh, unique and and prerequisited culture there and they go and get guys that fit their team fit their franchise fit their checklist and to me dalen checks all the boxes for the miami heat i think like if if Dalen falls to 27, and I think it's very possible that he could, I think he's the perfect fit. I I really do. I think he's the perfect fit, and we'll probably see him getting minutes in the postseason if and when he does get taken by the, uh, the Miami Heat. And then finally, Christian Coloco has moved up a little bit in Giveny's uh, mock draft. He now has him going number 37 overall to the Kings. Again, I will continue to bang that drum. I still think that he is going to be a better pro. He's going to have a more influence on the league than Walker Kessler is, and he's got. I think he's got Kessler going 19. He's got Kessler going 19 to the T Wolves. I still think he's going to be better in the league than 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 Walker Kessler. I watched. Look, I watched a lot of Auburn basketball. They run. First of all, Auburn was on TV a lot this year, this past season. Uh, I like watching Auburn basketball because I just feel like you know, with, with with Bruce's system and you know the type of players that he brings in, I just. They're a team that you like to watch, and they were a team that was either going to beat you by 40 because they couldn't miss and they were so dialed in and they were just unbeatable, or they were a team that was going to beat themselves and lose to some last-place team in the conference. <laughs> they, were, like, they were so volatile. And I watched a lot of Walker Kessler. I was impressed with Walker Kessler. I really was, as long as he's five feet away from the basket. <laughs> and in the NBA, that's not how the game is played anymore, folks. So I, again, I, I'm not an expert. Okay, these guys, you know, they get paid to be experts. They do this for a living. I tend to to lean on their expertise more than my own instincts and my own experience. But I, I just I don't see it. Like if if it if it's me, and I, again, I'm most likely biased, and I will take that. I'll put that on myself. I probably am. I would flip flop Kessler with Coloco. Like I just I just think Coloco is going to be the the better the better pro. He's got more range. He's got he's much better athlete. He's much better. Kessler's flat footed. And yes, Kessler is an amazing shot blocker. And every, I, I swear to God, every time I saw that score that guy score, it was a dunk. Like every time. It helps when you only have to jump like off of your tippy toes a little bit to dunk there. I just uh, I just think that with with the, the landscape the way the NBA is. How fluid the positions are, how you could be playing three uh, in one rotation and be playing the five at another in the NBA. I just feel like a guy like Christian Coloco is so much more valuable. We'll see. Uh, again, I, you know, three years from now, we'll be talking about it like Walker Kessler, the greatest center ever to come out of Auburn, and yeah, who knows? I mean, I w- look, I wish them all luck. I don't. I'm certainly not trying to like degrade anyone or saying oh, this guy's gonna suck in the NBA. I don't. You know, I, don't I don't think that. I just feel like. I feel like Coloco's going to have a more well, a better impact, bigger impact on the league. Speaking of impact on the league, what kind of impact has DeAndre Ayton had on the NBA in his four seasons, and what are the Suns going to do with him? We'll talk about that next right here on The Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Just a
0: short little segment here.
1: Didn't realize that we were up against the uh, the top of the hour here, so I will push the DeAndre Ayton discussion to the opening segment of our number two uh, coming up in just a few minutes. We'll finish up some NBA talk. I, I want to give it some more because, I, you know, it's one of those like, I, I've prepared to discuss some things, and with the fact that it could happen any day now, a decision of what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton could happen any day now, I want to make sure that we get it out there today. I don't want to push it back any longer. So we'll, we'll finish our discussion with the NBA, then we'll talk Phoenix Suns and DeAndre coming up in uh, the first segment of our number two. Other things going on in the NBA this offseason, three big unrestricted free agents in the backcourt. Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brunson. Levine and Beal are pretty easy to figure out. Levine will most likely re-sign with the Bulls, even though he's having knee surgery, and Bradley Beal is likely to re-sign with the Wizards. There's no, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason for them to go either, you know, anywhere else. They're both going to get more money, more years in the uh, in the positions that they're in, and both of those teams are interested in bringing them back at their uh, at their max deals. Jalen Brunson, on the other hand, is an interesting one because Brunson, who obviously you know we, we saw in the postseason this year with Dallas, is an unrestricted free agent and was a big part of that you know that backcourt there in in Dallas. However, if they are to sign him to a max deal, because remember they just made the trade for Christian Wood, the big man, uh, the uh, the center, if they are to sign a deal with Jalen Brunson. Which would be you know, close to a max deal, if not a max deal, it would push the Mavericks really, really deep into the luxury tax, and you still got you know some other things that you got to do if you're Dallas uh, to round out the rest of that roster, and they can do that with mid levels and such. But I feel like this is you know potentially a, a big loss for the Dallas Mavericks coming up because Jalen's dad, uh, his dad Rick. Is now an assistant coach under um, Tom Thibodeau in New York, so the Knicks pick up his dad, and they're like, eh, Knicks need a little backcourt help. There could be a situation where, uh, where he's you know running off to New York to be with his dad and be in the backcourt, be a starting member of the backcourt there for the New York Knicks. The Detroit Pistons have like ninety million dollars to spend right now, like they like they've got all this money to spend and they're not exactly sure where they're going to spend it all. They know they've got some young talent there obviously. They've got Cade Cunningham who started to look like the number 1 pick that uh, that we, you know, expected him to look like uh, you know, he started to look like that but midway through the season last year emerged as one of the best rookies in the in the league. And, you know, they're they're looking to to bolster their backcourt, their frontcourt as well. They got to bolster a lot of things. They were terrible this year. But they could be big spenders and they could lure him away with a big fat max deal as well. So it'll be interesting to see what what the whole Jalen Brunson saga does and how it plays out in Dallas. Also, what are the top picks from the 2019 draft going to do? Okay, you got Jaw, obviously John ja Morant, number two overall pick. He the Memphis Grizzlies are going to throw as much money as they can possibly throw at him to keep him there for a long time. Not only because you know, and I would look, we talked about this, and we're like, well, maybe they're you know they're a better winning team without him. They'll figure that out. They they'll they'll find a way to figure out why you know they've got all this time to look at you know look through the whole thing. They'll figure out why they were winning games. So you know, it's it's such an incredible clip without him than they were with him. The fact of the matter is he's one of the most exciting players in the NBA. You got to have him. You can't can't let him go. So he'll be signed to a max deal. Then the other guys at the, in the top five, outside of uh, DeAndre Hunter, who's. <sighs> not not turning out to be a great pick. He's been, he's been moved around a couple of times. Uh, you got Zion, whom, you know, there's a – there are people in New Orleans are talking out of both sides of their mouth in regards to Zion right now. There are people that are like, yeah, he's part of the future. And then on the other hand, they're also saying, but we can't have our future look the same way that it's looked in the last three years. He's played 85 games in three years. Eighty-five. In three seasons, and he's looking for a max deal. <laughs> then you got R.J. Barrett in New York, who's shown some flashes of being good, you know, being like the the top five pick that, you know, that he was that he was taking at. And then there's a lot of people in New York that aren't really happy with his output, the way that he's played, and, and just how inconsistent he's been. And then you got Darius Garland, who was kind of like, okay, very below average first season. Then his the second season was pretty good. Then this year, holy smokes, with 22 points and 10 assists a game, almost almost average a double-double this year. So there's some interesting uh, things to think about looking ahead at this uh, offseason coming up in the NBA. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some NFL as we do every single day on the Jeff Dean Show. We'll talk Arizona football, Arizona basketball in the news as well, and what are the Phoenix Suns and DeAndre Ayton going to do? What they should do with DeAndre Ayton. Talked about this before. We'll talk about it again. Just a quick little two-minute turnaround. But first, a toss over to ESPN Sports Center. We'll be right back here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: This is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. K285DL 1049 FM Tucson. And KMXZ HD4 42-